Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Titus here with my co-host Travis. Hello, hello. And I got Talon here today. What's up, everybody? Back from the backwoods. My son. I am back. <laughs> the prodigal has returned yeah, home. Finally. He's been in the woods for what, two months now? And he smells like it. <laughs> oh, I know I don't smell that bad, do I? <laughs> From Alaska to, to Wyoming. Um, yep. So, How many pounds have you lost too? Uh ten pounds in the past two months, but they feed you good up there, so thank goodness. Yeah, you probably lost more, huh? I would have lost a lot more, yeah. Did you just like breakfast and dinner? Uh, Courtney actually made breakfast, lunch, and dinner for all of us. Oh, really? So yeah, she oh just packed a lunch. Just packed a lunch. She had it set out like buffet style, and then just grabbed whatever you like. Oh, sweet. So, yep. so you can take as much as you want. Oh, you could take. I took about. <laughs> <laughs> you I, ate like a king. Then, oh probably. yeah, for sure. I'd say I took about uh, about three hundred pieces of candy. <laughs> yeah, about. It's not food town. I know. And then she made these nice spaghetti wraps that filled you up good. So when you're hungry. Yeah, Dude. yeah, she feeds. That you don't good. sound too rough. No, when I'm thinking of hunting, I'm thinking of stinking. Uh, what's that in the package? The dry, the dry food. Oh, the ma- the mountain house. Yeah, mountain. Did you yeah. eat some of those too? Oh, uh, in Alaska, we ate tons and tons and tons of those. So, I will. I will. You sick of those? I'm sick of those. Okay. Yeah, and, and top, Cliff bars. Top Roman. Ugh, Cliff bars. Yeah. Yuck. <laughs> I like Cliff bars, man. Not if you're eating them every Not day. Not every day. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. About, and you need something some. to wash them down. Yeah, you're having yeah. about three or four a day. You're, you yeah, and you got to drink a quart of water just to get those <laughs> things down. But yeah. no, but before we get started, guys, it's good to have Talon back. It's like my he's like my son almost, my old son <laughs> when I was too young to have kids. <laughs> but anyways, uh, just real quick, we want to give a, a shout out to our partners. Over at Yukonuba, guys, check them out with the dog food. Uh, great dog food. Yukonuba 3020, that's what I feed Rocky. It's got chondroitin and glucosamine in it, which is a big deal to me. And it's got really high protein and then the fats to help them give the energy through the dog season. Check it out, guys. Yukonuba. Old Town, great. I love their kayaks uh, slash uh, canoe. It's basically like a hybrid. Old Town is a big partner of this uh, channel this year, and we really appreciate everything they're doing. Go check them out. 
online and you'll find them there and you also see them in a lot of our videos too if you want to see the quality made all right also um and my mind is drawing a blank right now motion ducks guys check motion ducks out um is a great it's a jerk rig slash spreader system and you've never seen nothing that will draw the birds in like this setup i'm telling you we've used it for two years motionducks.com check them out put in the code mvm and you'll get 10 percent off oh last but not least is htr innovations if you guys seen it they got the quack packs they got a lot of a lot of other things but the quack packs are like a layout if you put the code mvm go to their website put the code mvm in and you will get 10 percent off on their gear so we appreciate them helping us out too all right let's get in the show today we are going to talk about decoys decoys actually looking at one right now that's been hand carved special for the banquet that we're having if you guys don't know here in merced we are having a delta waterfowl banquets for the grasslands chapter and all of the guys on the mvm and mid valley mercenaries will be there big part of it on the committee and uh we'd like to meet you guys if you want to come out to that you can still buy tickets and raffle packages but uh, right in front of me here we got a cinnamon till Hand-carved by Jim Pierce all the way from Maryland. Maryland. Yeah. And and this guy, before we started this podcast, he's like, well, what am I going to do with this? Set it on my shelf? Because I'm going to float it. I'm like... I want to use it. You are... You've Why? lost it. Why? It's, Why can't I use it? It's custom hand-carved nice I little know, but... cinnamon decoy, and you want to take it out there, and you want to float it around. Are you going to carry it in its own special bag? Yeah. I'd put it like in a little... Some type of little knapsack that protects it. Yeah. I don't know. I guess and it's kind of cool. It, Especially to see it on a video. I think that'd be really cool. That's what I'm saying. Just to put it on a video and try it one time just to be in the spread. Yeah. But it's got the ring on the bottom. You can tie your basically your weight to it and let it. I don't know. I don't know. I might not. I probably, probably won't do that. But it'd be kind of fun to try just to, just to put it out there and say, hey, I hunted with that once. Have, have you floated Back in, in 30 years yet? from now, my grandkids are, I hunted with that one time. Have you have you actually put it in water to see if it? Does no, I would try that out. Float? I think I would try that in the bathtub first, make sure. Can you imagine carrying though? I mean, like a bunch of those, a couple dozen. <laughs> yeah, that thing. How much do you some... think that weighs? Two, two pounds. Two. A pound and a half. Two pounds. Maybe. We haven't held fish in a very long time. Tell me. I know it's been a while. <laughs> it's hard to guess weight you gotta anymore. Got to lift this thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, we're looking at that in front of us, and we got that Delta Waterfowl banquet going on. It's gonna be pretty awesome. A lot of people buying in last minute and. Um, it's actually going to turn out pretty good, so we're pretty pumped for it. Um, but we want to talk about today, we actually had a guest that was coming on, um, but we'll keep that under wraps. Um, older gentleman, and he had some things come up that he had to take care of. His wife wasn't able to be here tonight. Someone I think you guys really enjoy listening to. I'm really excited. I've known him my whole life, but uh, that's just not going to work out, too. So we'll go ahead and we're going to talk about something we've had on the back burner waiting for a time like this, and that is decoys. Everything about it. So let's just start off with the amount, the amount of decoys. What, if you were a new hunter, Travis, or Talon, what do you think is necessary? There's a lot of people that think you got to have four. I mean, I hear people on some podcasts talking about using four and five dozen decoys. I I don't think even you've ever used that many decoys, have you? I'd say I at one time. Yeah. What, 40? Uh, I'd say, I think we ran 60-something one time. We did? Yeah. When we were about that one big pond? That big pond. I think there was about four of us guys that all had decoys, and we threw every single one out. Oh, maybe. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. a rare instance, but I mean, what's the most that, you know what I'm saying, when you were younger and 
It was just uh, you and I and well and Poppy years thirty something maybe uh, I'd say so about thirty yeah yeah that was fun lugging them things around on a on my back yeah, yeah. and then we upgraded to a cart which is a lifesaver. <laughs> Dude, you went a long time yeah. without a cart. But you know what? I, I think starting out, I look at it from a couple of different points of view. If you're starting out, usually, I mean, maybe you're good at calling, maybe you're not. So I think that sometimes decoys can make up for mm-hmm. the inability. Or calling to, can make up for decoys. You're saying? Or decoys. Yeah, I think vice versa. You know, I yeah, think it works kind of vice yeah. versa. If, if you're new and you're not that great of a caller, I say, you know, invest in decoys until you get good at duck calling because. As we both know, if you True. if you can't call, that could flare a lot of birds. You know what I'm saying? Where a lot of times when they see something, and and we'll talk about this later, motion. Mm-hmm. You know, the more the merrier. You know what I'm saying? If it looks like a party, it must be a party. You know? Right. Um, well, what do so you see? Like birds that. draw to every time. Big huge big, rafts, big of coots. rafts of coots. Yeah, yeah. But those are big rafts. I mean, yeah. And there's a lot of movement. Coots move. Oh. Well, and that was uh, what was I seeing that on? Someone was talking. Well, I think it was probably um, um, Dave or not Dave. Um, oh, what's his name from the Motion Dex? My mind just went blank. But uh, Ben, he was saying that you, if you're gonna have that many decoys, you gotta have movement too, especially if it's calm. Yes, I mean if there's wind, it's it's fine. But look at what good to me. What good does it do you to have sixty decoys out? And still as the calm sea. Like glass, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It looks fake. It's not, they know that. They're not stupid. Yeah. Birds aren't stupid. But uh, too, I, I think it depends on where you're at as well. What what situation you're hunting in. Big open water. An unpressured place versus yeah. pressured. Or, you know, large water open versus small water. Yeah, but I'm saying even if it was large water, if it was wide open, you had 60 decoys and it's glass water. Do you think they're really going to come into that? I mean, never say never, yeah, you but... Know, I don't know. I, I think uh, sometimes... For the majority, though, for the most water, part. I think, you know what I'm saying, more visual. That's the way I look at it. If I was hunting, the, you know, a really big yeah, pond, yeah. I'd want the, the visibility of a lot of decoys, I guess, versus... But um, let me ask you this. Do you six. think visibility, amount of decoys, is more powerful than movement? No, I don't. No, so move, look at... Let's, movement stop. I'd yeah, say, yeah. Let's take four decoys with awesome movement, and let's take 50 decoys with zero movement on glass water. What do you think is going to win? The... Movement's the most critical aspect, I think, of of duck hunting. It trumps it, right? Yeah, this guy's out here in your front yard picking up uh, his dog waste. At least he did that. That was nice of him. <laughs> I give him the Phil uh, Robertson thumbs up. Yeah. Big old thumbs up. There <laughs> <laughs> might still be a little turd out there sitting. Hope you don't step in it. That'd be nasty. Yeah, that'd be yeah nice. no, I think that um, situation, you know, but if you're new, I would say, what can as a new hunter, what can they start out with amount? Because we're talking about amount of decoys right now. What yeah. would what would you be safe to start out with? I, 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 like I said, we go back to what what type of uh, if you're hunting open water versus small pockets of water. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you targeting? You know, if you're targeting um, mallards and you're hunting really tight areas, I'd say maybe four or five decoys maximum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, but then again. Back to, to motion, you know, have some kind of a, a jerk system or something that creates motion in the water, I think, can be can be deadly, especially on calm mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. Wind, like you said, wind doesn't matter. If you got some chop on the water, the decoys are moving around, then that you know, that renders your, uh, there's your motion. You, yeah. know, you don't need motion then. I think it it all comes down to what, because look at, everyone can afford different things. 
True. And I really, what did you start out with? You didn't start out with that many, <laughs> or you borrowed. No, my uncle actually took me duck hunting when I was nine, mm-hmm. and um, he had quite a few decoys. I borrowed yours for like two years, your really? decoys, and would yeah. go by myself. And he had he had a bunch of uh, old uh, flambos. Mm-hmm. They were a uh, mixture of pintails. Um, mallards and... Some mallards. I think that was about it, right? Yeah, I think that's what... Yeah, pintails and mallards. And we, we we had those decoys till what? Long time. Not oh, he just gave, ended up giving them to you, huh? Well, he stopped hunting. Yeah. And then I kind of just... Inherited them. Inherited them? <laughs> <laughs> permanently? <laughs> borrowed them permanently? Yeah. Um, I don't remember. That wasn't a big sacrifice giving you flambos. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, though? We killed birds right, over Right, right, right. We killed birds over Exactly. Yeah. But I don't think we... Do we even have green wings or anything else at that time? I think we no, just strictly pintails and mallards. And mallard. Yeah. So it really comes down to you can work with what you got. Yeah. And you'll still be successful. You can be. So when we buy more decoys, buy more things like we do, it's because we have the means to do it, and it possibly could help you a little more. But it doesn't change the fact that without that, you still can kill birds. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's what people get caught up on is like, Oh, you can't. If you don't have sixty decoys, you ain't gonna kill birds as much as I will. And I, I don't, I, I don't agree with that. No. Now, do I have twenty five, thirty, forty decoys? Yeah, probably somewhere in there. But I don't feel like I'm gonna be any more successful than the guy that has six. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah. think I'm better than the guy that has six. And two, I, I was always the kind of person that the more the merrier, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I was also the person that would move. If birds were going someplace else, I would move there. So it took more time to to pack up mm-hmm. and move that over to to that that location. Lots yeah. and, and I would, lots of time. I would drive a lot of people crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's just my style of hunting, you know. Yeah. And everybody has their own unique style and things that they like to to do. But um, yeah. And you know what's weird is that you change it up over time. You know, you try right, different right. things. You you yeah. try different species. You're always testing. You're almost. always testing. You know, yeah. I guess that's what's cool about duck hunting. It's always a they're always learning mm-hmm. or trying to learn. And the birds are learning too. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. You, you, wonder, you wonder how that really works, you know, biologically with... We know, though. Look at know, it. It's spinning spinner wing wings. wings yeah. uh, splashers, flashers. Yeah, but uh, I'm saying if you got... If they're seeing spinner and wings and every spinner wing they see from Canada, they get shot. Then they come yeah. down to Washington. They get shot at with the, when they come in. By the time they get here... Most of them I've learned, okay, I see one of those things, I'm going the other way. Yeah. They learn. Let's try a teal. I've seen them suck in teal pretty decently. I know, uh, but I'm just saying you don't know if those teal have even ever been shot at over at yeah, a spangle. Who knows? I'm not down on spangle. I'm just saying yeah. birds do learn. Yeah, they do. Those geese learned. Very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm trying to say is birds learn too. Yes. We're, that's why you're, we're always adapting, you know. Okay. Anything else to add? Tell them to, to mount. Of decoys? No, I'd say a good amount to start off with, though, is always, I'd say always grab a pack of mallards and then pintails. So I think when I bought, because I just bought my first decoys last year, I bought six mallards, six tail, and another dozen decoys. I'd say 20 is about a good number to start off with. Mm -hmm. That's personally me, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Some in sixes and twelves, though, so we got to. We got (laughs) to. Well, you can always kick some out, too, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But two dozen, two dozen work awesome, I'd say. Yeah. So, yeah, and you can really get that for a fair price. So yeah. if you were going to just buy, say, two dozen, what, what would you what would you say would be a good mix? For here. For here. For, for, here? for the central flyaway. No, I w- the Pacific I mean, I mean that, 
Central California Pacific Flyway. Yeah. I'd say Mallards, Green Wings. For sure, Green Wings. You got to give us ratios here. What do you mean? So would you say like six Mallards? Um, All right, I'd say six know, tw- Mallards. 12 Green Wings and what, four Pintails or five, six Pintails, whatever? No, I'd say six Mallards, six Pintails, and 12 Green Wings. Yeah. That's what that's I'd do. I think I don't agree with you on that one. That's what I'd roll with. If I was starting out, I think I would probably go with... Or if you want to have fun, you could just go all green wings and then have a <laughs> bloody massacre. Yeah, literally. Yeah. And any bird's going to land in that. So yeah. what about this? What if you had... A, I say a dozen green, green wings, wings and coots. <laughs> exactly. A yeah. dozen oh, green wings, sure. four shovelers. Okay. So that's I'm up to what, 16? But you said you could only buy... 16. You only say you and then I'm going to buy a four-pack of pintails and a four-pack of mallards. They don't that, tell me how you so. buy forecast. Packs. You just told me. <laughs> yeah, you just said that. They only sell them half a dozen. <laughs> I go with a friend and we split them. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nah. No, I mean, I know this goes against the grain of everybody. I, I truly, I don't care what anybody says. I guarantee you, if I had two dozen green wings and a six pack of coots, I could kill birds all season long. That's me. I could. Yeah, I know I, I could. So. Mallards or anything. Mark my words. Well, I'd do it. You dare me, I'll do it this whole season. <laughs> all right. That's all you get. I'll take I all got your other two, ones, And I got okay? it, too. I got two I'll dozen. borrow all your other decoys, and, and you can no. just... We'll leave you your green I'll wings. I'll sell them to you. Your green wings and your... Uh, I'll do it on a hunt. I'll do it on multiple yeah, hunts this I'd year. Say, I'll have it all on there. Yeah, you have to do it on a hunt. You yeah. know we do. We yeah. go out there in a junior pond, put those out. We're you, killing every variety of bird. Well, think about it. When we go, when we found those mallard spots, we just threw mallards out, and we were shooting everything, pintails, shovelers, so... I'd say green wings would work just as good as mallards. That's probably your awesome calling, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> you talking about you, I'm no, sure. No, no. talent. No. Oh, I had some good hunts without you. We I know some, you did. Yeah. You and you and Colton racked them up. We did. We had some good hunts, for sure. Yeah. Me and Talon had some stellar hunts. But anyways, all right. So, we're, so do we you have a, them. Hmm? What's the next topic? As next, far as decoys go. Next one is motion. Motion. And don't jump. Let's not jump ahead to like the other stuff. Just motion. Well, I guess they're called kind of motion. How should we do that? Let's go jerk rig systems in the water. Decoys in the water with the jerk rig setups. I like it. I mean, I used to just take a decoy cord and I would tie you know two or three of them to it. But and it was never a. I won't say effective. It was effective, mm-hmm. but it was always something I had to adjust all the time. You know, they'd yeah. come untangled or, or one yeah. of them was moving good and the other ones weren't moving. And then I'd worry about, you know, uh, if you're out in shallow water, can they see that cord being jerked right, around, right. you know, and different things like that. I always still think that. Oh, I do too. I'm but I like. do like that system that you guys used last year. I think that, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, that cord's very thin mm-hmm. and not quite so visible as... Um, it's paper thin. Yes, what I was using. Yeah. Well, that's like on decoys, you don't like that that mono string to tie off your decoys. You just, Monofilament. Oh, I hate that yeah. stuff. Yeah, well, that you, that might make some people the the um the stuff looks like fishing line. Yeah, that color, just clear. The clear, mm-hmm. yeah, and it, like flo- the clear. and it floats to the and it top. floats to the top. Yeah, well, I say floats top. There is ways that you could adjust it to where it wasn't doing that, mm-hmm. but the way the rigs we set up, it was not like that because we weren't doing Texas rig. Yeah, Texas rig is supposed to eliminate that, but um, only reason I 
I do like Texas rig. Yeah. Only thing is with Texas rig, I just don't feel like it's good for my style because usually those are longer rig steps, and I know you could shorten them. But then if you shorten them, then you can't hunt deeper water. But a lot of places we hunt are shallower water. Yeah. So you're kind of like, eh. you could use it either way. I know that. I'm yeah. not trying to say you can't. I think our biggest factor is is uh, wind. You know what I'm saying with the, with the setup. Yeah. Making sure you have enough weight because you remember that one. Yeah. That one hunt? We've lost a lot. The wind, man. It just. Well, we end up finding them, but we lost. Yeah, a few I mean, it decoys. took a lot of them. Well, yeah, because it was only we only had what three ounce or four ounce. Yeah. Really Some guys weight. are using six, six and seven ounce. But um, yeah, I mean, motion and that, that's what I really liked, and I'm not just trying to do sales pitch for motion ducks, but I mean, just that motion in the water. They don't move in a perfect straight line that does not look realistic. It's They all kind of move their own way. Mm-hmm. That's what makes it look so real, especially when I've seen it from the drone. You're looking down on it. It's like, dude. Yeah, it looks good. It really looks real. Yeah. And we've had could, so many birds adapt, suck into you know, it. multiple ones to mm-hmm. that, but I think even if you had two separate ones, you know what I'm saying? You have two different oh, people yeah. using it. I mean. And if you want, what you could do, and we'll work with that this year, but I'll tell you right now, if we got glass water, there's no wind, I'm not going to put on a four decoy on that jerk system for motion decks and then put eight or nine or 10 stagnant decoys. Cause you're just totally defeating your purpose. Yeah. But if you had in the middle of them, but I'm saying if we want more decoys and we want to make it look like a bigger spread, then yes, you need to, but you got to put them closer. So those ripples move those yeah, two affect the other ones. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. But yeah. Yeah. You, you can go as big as you want. Or like you said, you can have two guys running it in two different areas. That's really going to help. Yeah. There's a lot of cool things I've seen that, you know what I'm saying, you could try with motion. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, I don't People know. kick the water. Yeah. People, I've done it. I've yeah. sit there and thrashed my leg in the water when birds are way out to create that ripple, and then when they yeah. get close, you stop. And the water looks muddy like there's something mm-hmm. actually moving around in there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a big thing I've heard guys say, too, and I believe, I truly do believe in that. When ducks are feeding, they cr- kind of creates that little bit of a muddy, mm-hmm. muddy look, especially from, look from above. Above. So it doesn't hurt nothing to walk out every once in a while through yeah. the decoys and muddy that water up. Kick it around. I mean, it doesn't really look that natural if it's crystal clear because you haven't touched it in three yeah. hours. It's like glass. Mm-hmm. If there's no wind. And you can see right through to the bottom. Yep. All right, next one, uh, spinning wings. So what are you asking? Do I well, like them? Dislike them? Am yeah, what, what's what's your opinion on it? How do you effective do you think they are? I've used one, and it was crazy. It, maybe I'm using it wrong. I don't know. I've seen I've seen instances where people use them and it seems like the birds suck in right there, mm-hmm. you know, on top of them. I've never had much luck with a spinning wing, to be honest with you. Okay, Town, remember that hunt with me, you, and Poppy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I had the extension poles. We're in that one pond that the tulies were super high over our heads. Yes. And I put those extension poles that brought that that little green wing spinner above the tulies. And remember how many till. It was insane. I yeah, mean, obviously, was, the migration started. Yeah, but it was a crazy number of birds. That, and they were sucking to that thing. Yeah. I think... We I, were having flocks of 30 come dumping yeah. or spread. And then I sh- we had that big flock of cinnamons. Yes, I remember and that. I, was I the only one that got one, or I did think you get one, too? I don't remember what happened right there exactly. I just remember you saying cinnamons, and then you started shooting, and then I started shooting. I don't think <laughs> I had anything. And then, and they, they, I don't even, think Poppy shot. I don't even think. I think he just kind of was like, he was in awe, awe. yeah. I think he was just because you're like, oh, it's another deal of till. Oh my goodness, it's yeah, cinnamons, yes. and they're already like scooping out of there. You know, <laughs> I was glad I even shot though. But they're no. moving so fast, but man, they were dumping into that. Yes, they kept. They would work areas like a long ways away from us, and it was like they would see that thing because it was above. Okay. Instead of down right on the water, like most people do, because you know where we're at, there's no way. 
they're going to see it unless they're right above it. Yeah. And they see nothing and they were coming right into it. But there's very, to me, it seems like till, it really works good on till. Mm-hmm. That's what I've noticed. So if you're in a till area, I would say definitely. And I'm not saying it doesn't work for mallards and stuff too, but mallards are so smart. They're smart, man. Yeah. I don't know. For, ma- for mallards, I like, a, I like a jerk rig or mm-hmm. I told you what I, I did before when I modified that one mallard and put that uh Primo's decoy heart in there, which they don't make it anymore. Mm-hmm. Just put a little bit of ripple on the water. Mm-hmm. That thing was a game changer. That thing that thing was effective. But it was weird because I'd use one and it worked great. I was like, oh, well, if one works great, three's got to be better. Three didn't. I mean, it's like it really? flared them. Yeah, it was weird. Just that Did you one. only have one decoy out? No, I had... Uh, I think we had four or five. Four or five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and just had one... one I remember that. Yeah. That little decoy heart in there. Mm-hmm. And we killed... Several times we kill for California. You know what I'm saying when you can go out and kill, you know, ten plus mallards. To me, that's an awesome hunt in California mm-hmm. for mallards, and we did that a couple times. Well, we're, we're effectively, at. yeah, yeah. I was just looking at the picture of you and Colton holding all those mallards up, and I was like, ugh. I told Tom, I was like, we used to take pictures like this quite a bit. I yeah. mean, you know, not like some of these guys, whatever. No, but no. but it was often though. Just yeah, for, I mean, because I know in the butte sink and stuff, they're whack mallards a lot. But just I'm just saying, where we're out there here, it just doesn't seem like abundance of them, do you think? I don't know. If there's guys killing them, they must be keeping kind of quiet about it. Oh, I you would. Know? Yeah. <laughs> that's something they really advertise. All right. Let's move on to swimmers, which that's kind of like what you were saying, but those are kind of newer. Those haven't been around a long time. The actual swim, they swim through the water. They're usually attached to the bottom, an yeah, anchor. You know, but maybe longer than you think, because I remember there was, yeah. a, there was a guy that had some. And it, they were outrageous, though. Probably, and they were not. I mean, he had a monster spread. It was a permanent spread. And he had like, All of them were swimmers? Uh, no, he had like five or six pintails, and they were just like like racehorses swimming in circles, and they killed birds over them. Yeah. Um, and that was probably back in the 90s. Hmm. So, but I don't know. But it's like they went away for a while. You know, I didn't, I don't even know where they got them from. I didn't see them for a while. And then, you know, Mojo came out with the, the spinning wings, and that mm-hmm. kind of where the craze started with motion again i talked to several people when those uh, mojos first came out when they first came out the first year they mm. said it was unfair unfair uh, have you heard that yeah i've heard that they said it was stupid any and everywhere and you they probably at. could have used them early season too probably huh? uh, yeah i guarantee they no... did that's probably why they put the restriction on yeah. us like they did because it was just too ridiculous and see that's the thing to me that's when they would work the best for us but we're not even allowed to use them till December. Yeah, it's like that. No, for every state is just no. California. It's I. I don't know, guys. If you if it's like that, you have restrictions on your mojos. Um, join our Facebook page, the MVM Show Podcast Group page. You can comment on there. If you're not on there, uh, let us know if your states has restrictions on that. California, we can't use them till first part of December. But no, they. I mean, Nebraska, right off the bat, right out the gate, early till they're using them, mm-hmm. and they'd work. And I think that's why other states say, oh, these really work, because they're using them early, whereas the first, we can't. The first birds coming The first down. birds that yeah. are seeing it, you know what I'm saying, for the first part of the season. Yeah, they haven't been shot at, really. So, yeah, I'm with you. They'd work. And they work, too. I'm, I'm definitely, I probably always, people think we don't like spinning wings, but I like them. It's just. It's just certain times. Yeah, sir. Cloudy, overcast days. Yeah. I don't, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. They just notice more things, period. Yeah. You know that. You stand out more. Yeah, you stick out more. Nobody really likes an overcast day for duck hunting. 
Unless it's psycho windy. Yeah, unless it's super windy. Yeah. North wind. Uh, well, we kind of talked about that jerk string. What do you okay. think about those ones where the like the bubbles up behind their hind end? Have you seen those? I've thought about getting one, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, it's movement. And two, you can use that earlier in the season because it's not a spinning wing. You know what I'm saying? To create mm-hmm. to create motion. Yeah. And you're not having to jerk it all the time. Yeah. You know. Was it like butt, not a butt rippler, but I've seen something that look like two, yeah, shoots two out. hoses coming out of yeah. the back and mm-hmm. throws water around and stuff. Splashes. It looks like know. they're kicking in the water. I think it would work. Yeah. I know, and, and every year I say I'm going to buy some of these things and I never end up doing it. <laughs> yeah. And I know they would work, but... Yeah. To me, on a jerk string, I don't feel like they can learn that because a swimming bird's a swimming bird. Yeah, it's. I don't think it's something they can pick up and think, "Oh, that's that's fake." That it's, one's fake. Yeah. It's moving, it's swimming around. How can it? You know. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, a, like I said, a mojo, it's just a constant spinning wing. Constant I know spinning. you can get the kind that turn Remote. on and off. That probably yeah. helps actually. That might be something, but that's just to me one more thing I gotta grab and hit a button. One more thing I can lose. I got my dog whistle, my duck calls, yeah. my button for this. It's like, dude, and you're trying to hold on to your shotgun at the same time. Yeah, and your shotgun. Yeah. It's. I don't know. I think they have them that are some, they come on. Intermittent. Yeah, intermittent. Yeah. That might help, but I don't know. Like I said, some of the other things to me seems like the birds could figure them out more, whereas the jerk system, which, again, your hand's being used again. Yeah. So you got to either put the call down or the gun down. Yeah, and then you're coming back to to the thing. You got to realize where that line is at so you don't get hung up in it and that sort of thing. Or, you know, you pull that, up the shoot. That would, I would say that would be the cons of... Yeah, and you pull up the shoot, and then you let go of the handle. And then you can't find and it. And then you're like, where'd my handle go? Which, it does float, but we always paint... They're always black, so it's hard to find. Yeah. Probably should paint a different color to find it easier. But a little bright orange on yeah, it. Yeah, or something. Yeah. But, yeah, I would say that was definitely be the con, because you can't just say it's all perfect with the jerk rig. There's definitely some cons, and I would say that is the biggest one. I've ran through those things and caught it. Yeah. Almost. Or you're trying to like, you know, go through the tulies because you're trying to hide yeah. the tulies. And then when you pull it, you're moving the tulies. And then you're moving the tulies. Yeah. That's yeah. the only, only, I guess, drawback to it. Would yeah. Be. But they've been used for years. You know what I'm saying? But here's the thing. One thing. There's a way to use this. And I just maybe could help somebody out that's never used them and, wants, and says they're going to use them this year. I know a lot of people bought those and have never used them. Here'd be a tip. Um, if you've never used a jerk risk system, what I like to do is when the birds are out, Let's say I'm just going to make a number up, less a couple hundred yards or whatever, and they're flying around, you're calling at them, and you're hitting that jerk, right? Um, you you created that ripple, and if those birds are coming on a rope to you, that ripple in the water is going to last for 10, 20 seconds, 25. By that time, a lot of times, the birds are probably pretty close to you now, maybe close to shooting them. So you do I just I just watch what the birds do, okay, because... When they get within a certain range, I'm not going to do it no more because then now I'm making movement with my arms. And yeah. like you said, if it's running through the decoy or through the tulies. the tulies, you're moving that too. So what I do is try to get a th- maybe thrash it a little bit to yeah. really create a lot and then hang it up and get my hands free to be ready, ready to shoot. Yeah. And too, sometimes, I mean, if you're out in solo, I mean, that's kind of hard too because you're pulling the jerk string, you're trying to call, and then, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where's your shotgun? You know, yeah, and then you're trying to, you know, let me drop this, grab this, and yeah. do that. Yeah, 
And so, yeah. So that's why I hung out with somebody else, you know? That's what was nice when Talon was so young. Maybe it could just be the dedicated jerk yeah. rig jerker. I, know, I, did. I don't know how many times I've done that. I'm like, pull it, pull it, pull it, Talon, pull it, pull it. Yeah, stop, no, stop, 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 no, no. no. Now he just like yeah. You know, <laughs> you, know, you know how he gets when he starts. Yes, tweaking. I do. Well, I'm trying to read the birds and you know. Like, yeah. Okay. Just, pull. Don't pull. You know what's been nice though is making him do stuff now too. You know. I know. Like we were out, we went on a hunt, and he was the one pulling it. Like, Travis, pull, pull. I am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Revenge is sweet, sir. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it definitely makes a difference and uh, placement, placement on decoys. Do you really think that matters? I a do. lot of people really. I know a lot. You, you call you call them bird diverters occasionally. You know, what I'm saying? have. Yeah. Um, and that's probably true to some extent. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen I've seen decoys work, but of course I've never I never really seen no birds land not, in the not decoys. No, not necessarily decoys. I'm talking about placement of them. Placement. Yeah, I mean, I know. Well, that's the thing work. too. Like, if you could place them over here to try to get the birds to come over here. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying in a diversion maneuver, I guess. But then again, you've but, seen them land in the decoys. Well, yeah, I mean, like. When we used to hunt uh, a particular place and we had mallards out there and, you know, you kind of leave an opening for them and the birds would come and suck in right right there. Right. Sometimes they'd land, you know, short or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, for whatever reason. But um, I think I think placement's huge. Um, well, I'm talking about like, okay, a J or this. Yeah, or that. you know. Guys are real, some guys are real stuck on that. I think that's kind of leaving the industry. I don't think people talk about that as much anymore. It probably depends on the species and what, what type yeah. of pond you're hunting. Or maybe um, like uh, family seat, groups, diving you know ducks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I don't think that probably the way they hunt sea ducks has changed too much. You know what I'm saying? They put them mm-hmm. on the lions and things yeah. like that. Divers. But, um, Those yeah. diver guys, they just string them out string in straight them. lines and yeah. it works like money. When we were in Wisconsin, they were in straight lines, man, like four straight lines of decoys. Uh-huh. They were landing in them. Right there. In them. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah. And I kind of like caught back and forth, I think. You know what I'm saying? Do. Just on, on Well, you, it's always try. a test, though. Yeah. It's always a test. How is this going to work, you yeah. know? And I'm always moving. You're decoy. always moving I'm closer, always, further. Yeah, yeah, if I shoot a bird and it drops down, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, I didn't like what they did here. I'll, I'll make adjustments. During the hunt, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, but always, over here. always, the pintails are always like an extra 30 yards in front of us for some reason. Now, do you think... I know why you you're doing that, that because of deeper... Uh, deeper water, more open water. More open water. That's, I know yeah. that's why you're doing that. But I, I've just seen... Deep, it seems like pintails want to land in the more open water. Unless it's on the junior hunt, then they just want to come right over here. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, matter. That's totally different. But, but you know what? Okay, so I've heard some of this thing. There's a reason why... Oh, I, I, my mind was triggered by this topic. We might have a guest later on from now, a couple months from now. That really had a lot of good points they brought up. But one of the things was, it's talking about clumping birds. So I've seen guys clump birds, I would say, really tight. Mm-hmm. And they say that's better than spreading them way out. And I thought, you know what? I think they're kind of right about that. Because I've caught myself a lot spreading them out kind of. Yeah. I think they might have be on to something that that is a little bit better. Putting them tighter in together. Uh-huh. I don't know. What do you think about that? What do you think? Is that is it in scenarios where you're hunting with two or three people? Because, you know, we've hunted some ponds and we've had, what, six or seven guys mm-hmm. hunting? Which is way too much. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, so there I have a tendency to spread the decoys out more if there's more people mm-hmm. versus, you know, 
getting them close. But so you're saying just to help get the birds to try, in the spot. You know what I'm saying? It'd be interesting to try to, to clump them up. Just one more but thing to, for but us. to me, like, when, when you see a lot of birds, like, clumped up really close, to me it's like they're scared. Or it's windy or something. You know what I'm saying? I, I always think that they're scared because when they get ready to fly, they'll all kind of, like, move, you know, to a, to a central location. Yeah. Or, and then, like, they're kind of, like, or getting in their groups. There. And then they're, like, boom, you know, they'll they all bust out. Yeah. Or there's feet there, though, too. Yeah. But, like, when you go out to the wildlife area to check them out, the birds are tight together. You don't see them spread way out apart from each other, though, usually, do you? I mean, I and know. you brought up a good point there. That's a good place to go watch patterns of birds. Yeah, yeah. how they yeah, how they are. Go to those refuges or, you know, that you but can... But when you got tons of birds out there, you know what I'm saying? It looks yeah. like the whole thing is birds. Yeah. But I but I agree with you. They're tighter. They're clumped yeah. up more, in my opinion, too. I'd say they're more closer. But... Because so what one guy was saying is... um if birds and it's all bird dependent. So when the bird comes around, we've done this so many times that we always do. If you're, if you have any half a brain duck hunting, if something is not working the way you have your decoys, you do need to move them. I know we've always harassed you about it, but I mean, something's got to change. If you have two sets of three sets of birds come in and they're flaring in the same spot, yeah, something, something ain't right. Something doesn't look right yeah. to them. So what I know guys that we're talking about doing is clump, bring the decoys really tight to you mm-hmm. and clumping them. If that doesn't work, they're talking about moving them out to where almost to the point where you're like, why would you do that? Because obviously you want the birds coming shooting range. But if they're flaring, they keep flaring at 50 and 60 yards, like not flaring necessarily, but like banking and turning. They were bringing up a point. And I thought that's not, that's not a bad idea. It'd be worth a try moving them out there where those birds are banking at. And he, he said he's seen them come in between where you're shooting and those decoys and come in between. Hmm. And I thought it'd be worth sense. a try. Yeah. I've even They set- might flare farther out even more. Yeah. Or they would come in between. Have you ever set there's another instance too, taking the decoys and moved where the decoys are actually you're hunting in front of you and the decoys are behind mm-hmm. you. Yeah. You know, I've and even, I've had it work great. I've even done that. You know, if the, it's like, okay, they they want to they want to flare there, I'm gonna go over to this Tule clump over here. Yeah. They can still see those those birds over there to attract them. Yeah. But I'm gonna be this much closer to take shots at them mm-hmm. before they decide to to. And that's flare. like one hunt we were on. I was hunting with Johnny, and we usually when you're set up in the tulies, the mallards are closer to you. We set up like you said on the other side where the pintails were at, and those birds went in between us and the pintails. So uh-huh. you get what I'm saying? Kinda. Yeah. So I think it's just whatever the birds are doing, pretty much. Yeah. You know, to me, you just never know until. Every hunt's different. Every situation. You don't know until yeah. you see your first pair of birds. Yeah. Like, unless you pattern them. True. Then you know what they're doing. And yeah. I've had the. I mean, that's what we did. I know it was a past shooting thing, but with those honkers, we knew exactly what they were doing. Where they're going to be at. They were. They're crossing. Yeah. And certain refuges, you notice birds tend to work in certain. You should say they always do the same. Lines yeah. They always bit, do the you know, same flight. They come line. from the same direction. Yeah. Um. And they kind of follow flight lines, and I think that's just you know learning a refuge and yep, kind of seeing where the birds are at and where they want to go. Yep. Yeah. Can you kill birds without decoys? <laughs> My uncle um, hunted for years and never owned a decoy. I don't think. Really? Yeah. And he he kill, I don't know how many birds he killed. I mean, I was a kid, but I know he killed birds. Um, he'd go to refuges and just basically. I don't even think he owned a pair of waders. I think he would just stay on the bank and get somewhere where there's tulies, you know what I'm saying, and, and birds were moving. 
And um, I know he killed birds. And I don't know if you know things have changed. We talked about birds adapting to motion decoys, and mm-hmm. now you got these you know high vis uh, decoys that look so real, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wonder how that that's changed how birds react and yeah, yeah, how they've adapted to that. I don't know. Yeah. I know we've done it before. We've left our decoys behind because these birds were skirting the same spot every single time and ran over there without, you know, 150 yards away, ran over there without any decoys and limited out. Yeah, killed birds mm. just because they wanted to be there. But, the, but the, big, the big problem with people they always want to say is, oh, they weren't landing. You're past shooting them. I, I, I don't. It's fun shooting at bird decoying. It's a blast. It's fun shooting when they're flying by at 20 yards. What's the difference? Why is that always a big, such a you big know, think, fight think, in I the industry? I think it's an area where they're hunting. You know, I think people that hunt in California that hunt public refuges are going to understand pass shooting and that type of hunting more than mm-hmm. somebody that was hunting, um, you know, a private duck club. Yeah. Um, you know, or I just think there's, that we get a lot more pressure than a lot of areas. No, I agree, but I'm just saying, what is that? Why is that such a big problem in the industry to really harp on people about that? You know, pass shooting. Uh huh. Does it, if you kill the know. bird, maybe maybe they think you're not as skilled as skilled of a duck hunter because the, their feet aren't down landing in your decoys. Yeah. But here's the thing: we go out on a junior hunt, it's and the birds are all over you because there's no they're not being pressured. They're not right. Being, they're not being shot at. It's like it should be. Yeah. And, yeah. and we both know. You've seen people out there shooting at birds. I'm saying like, no way they're even going to hit that right. thing, you know? Right. And, and you're like, those birds are educated. They've been they've been shot at. So they're going to be that much more wary to come in f- to a decoy spread and actually land. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even see them landing landing with big rafts of coots then. You don't no, see No, they them. don't land, period. They get out no, of there. No. They're, they're <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I would yeah. say probably at our refuges during the peak of season, ninety five percent of the birds that are shot are pass shoot, pass shooting birds. Yeah, and we we accept that doesn't mean we like it. It's just that's just part of the, it's the game. Nature of the beast. It really is the nature of the beast, and that's what's been nice to go out of state on these other places because it's so different. And I'm not saying they have it easier than we do because I don't like that because I we do very well for yeah what we have to deal with. But it's like, man, it, it is nice. It is nice shooting them decoying. And we have shot them decoying in the refuge. Mm-hmm. But like you said, the percentage of decoying versus pass shooting, you know, is not the same. When we say decoying, we're talking about decoys. Yeah. You know, but the the moment that you see in their eyes, oh, they're going to land, they get that look, boom, boom, cross the refuge. <laughs> they don't care I've how good your, they don't care how good yeah. your spread looks and decoys. Like, you know, it's like, Curse you! <laughs> I'm like I should have shot that yeah, last pass. I should have yep, shot because yep. I would have got. How many times have we said that? Yeah, many. Of times. But it was a pass shot, so we wanted to let them spin one more time, yep. hoping they land, and then boom, boom, boom. Yep. Yeah, it, it could get very frustrating. I mean, it's <laughs> it's not. We're not throwing a pity party. That's why we we our style is the way it. Is. I mean, most people out here, the style is the way it is. Yeah. Got to do what you got to do, but you sure don't got to shoot them over forty yards. Like people do, like you said, they're educating them way up in Timbuktu. Yeah, you know, and, you know, and sometimes you'll see them drop one bird, but they 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 never drop more than one bird. Right. 
They may shoot at ten different volleys they and may shoot, get one out saying, of Yeah, they'll shoot yeah. three shots and the other guy shoots three shots and the other guy shoots three yeah. shots and boom, boom, and boom, one boom. bird you know falls and you're yeah. like, oh, they hit that one. Yeah, you know? good job. Yeah, it's crazy. But nature of the beast, yeah, and it's it's um, it's fun. It's fun when the decoy, but you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta take care of the business. So. All right, guys, I think we're going to wrap that up today. Hopefully, we gave some, I don't know, did we give any advice in there? I think we did a little bit. Just gave some, threw some things out there. I don't know. Just thoughts that run through your mind. Yeah, some thoughts that I think could help some people and just talking through some things to get better. The goal is always to get better and be a better hunter and enjoy it more. Yeah. Every year, go out and learn from it and be better. And I think there's never a day going to go by in duck hunting that we're not learning. Do you? No, because sometimes I I went out there and killed absolutely nothing. I'm like, okay, what was the factors that I didn't kill anything? Mm -hmm. And like, okay, so when the situation's like that again, you know, am I going to spend that time and resources to go out there and, you know, if I'm going to get the same result, do I really want to do that again? Right. So, yeah, but... I always enjoy my time out in the field. Yeah. Tell me about it. I can't wait. We got, uh, for everyone listening to this, if you didn't have here on the past episodes, we are going to do a weekly, do our dead level best, do a weekly hunt update and try to cover, you know, whatever days we hunt for the prior week, the next week. So hopefully uh, you guys enjoy that. Let us know. Um, uh, leave a, a review. If you can give us five stars, we appreciate that. We're going to do a, a giveaway at 100 what's called ratings on iTunes. If you can rate it on iTunes, we're, I think, at 81 right now. Once we hit 100 ratings on iTunes, 105 stars, um, we're going to do a little bit of giveaway. I'll keep that under wraps for right now, but it's going to be good. It's going to be worth it. And it's just for our podcast listeners. So we really do appreciate you guys for tuning in every single week. Uh, we try to drop them every Tuesday or Wednesday and then one on Friday. And then we got the weekly hunt updates coming this season. 13 days. 13 days till duck season. I think 12 more days. 12 days? 12 days. Going to be the hammer time. Yeah, 12 days. So, 12 days. all right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>